episode 65 welcome back to the buzz pod i'm your host nico blatchman and we have an absolute beauty joining us today for this epi but before we get to him let's uh get into some nhl news first we're going to congratulate epi 64 guest trent frederick on getting his first nhl goal that's a buzz pod bump if i ever seen one uh so congratulations to him also Posted his first NHL Instagram post, which we were talking about. So that's that's also huge. So the kids, the kids really buzzing right now, and we love to see it. Um, Alexi Lafreniere. Okay, he might not get 50 points this season, like I said in previous pods, but I am holding my Alexi Lafreniere stock hard. He's still a franchise player in my eyes. He's only 18 years old, 13 games into his young, young, young career. So I'm holding that stock. I still believe. Um, Jack Roslovic, four goals, six assists, 10 points in 12 games. Looking like the difference maker in this trade. I think I might have said that. Oh, yeah, I did. I did say that. I did say that. Fuck, I'm looking like a genius. Patrick Kane, holy shit, that spinorama backhand shelf. This guy's drinking from the fountain of youth. He's pulling a Benjamin button right in front of our eyes and just going back into his prime. I might start bending on the Chicago Blackhawks every game now and make some money with Patty Kane. Not 100% sure on that, but I just might. Um, I know he's doing Tomahawk science uh, training over the summer. I hope I said that right. But anyway, that's all I really got for NHL news. Let's take it over to an absolute gem, Mitch Elliott. Joining us today is one of the best-looking guys in the American Hockey League, in my opinion. He stole a 2013 national championship ring right off my finger. So he owes me this episode right here. Mitch Elliott, welcome to the BuzzPod. Thanks, bro. Thanks for having me. That was a good one, eh? A little miracle? That was real good, actually. I forgot about that. I was talking... I actually forgot about that, too, but I was talking to, to Louie, uh, Mitch Lewandowski, before... Because I, I mentioned... I know you guys are buddies, so I was like... Uh, Give me some, give me some stuff. Uh, give me some good stuff on on Mitch Elliott. So he was like, "Oh man, that that game. He actually, you're gonna hate this, but he told me that I was gonna score that overtime game winner, and I was like, ah, fuck that guy." Louis told you that? Yeah, he said that you told him before he even scored the OT winner that he was gonna get the OT winner. Oh yeah, no, I did for sure in the locker room. I remember we went back. Um, Louis scored in double overtime. And I score on the ice, I just kind of tapped him and said, yeah, you're going to score. And then, you know, sure enough, I ended up winning. That was a crazy game. What a game. We just got, like, me and Louie just started exchanging texts after that, just straight up about that game. Just the amount of things that went on in that game. I'm pretty sure there was, like, a crazy lunar sauce by Lindgren. I don't really remember the exact play, but that was insane. The two hits by JD on, on a pass to Jav. Holy smokes. Yeah, yeah. That was very eventful. I was I had front yeah, row I seats to that game. What that? I had front row seats to that game. I was right in between the defensemen and the forwards. <laughs> yeah, dude. I uh, I've, I've probably watched. There was a clip on YouTube. I don't know if it's there anymore, but there was a clip on YouTube of uh, Louis scoring that game-winning goal. And right after he scores it, like it was kind of a weird goal the way it went. It went like right under the goalie's arm, and. I think it was Greenway just came in and just bulldozed Louie right after that. And then broke his stick up the crossbar. So I always got a kick out of watching that. But yeah, that was that was a great hockey game. Oh my God, was it ever. Double OT, man. That was intense. A lot of great... Looking back on that game, a lot of great players came out of those two teams. Holy shit. Yeah, there's a, there a ton of good players. And like a ton of good minor hockey players too that 
you know, some guys, I don't know if they ever ended up continuing on to play, but, like, Mike Laterell was our goalie. He was really, really good for us when he was young. Um, we had a bunch, we had a bunch, I mean, you could go on the list, there's a bunch of names, but, yeah, that was, that was fun. We, we had some battles for Shattuck those few years I was on Honey Bake. Definitely. You, yeah, actually, let's get into, like, you playing for Honey Bake, because, I actually learned by uh, by looking at your EP that you're born in Orange County, California, which is actually wild because I have Ben Lown coming on tomorrow, so another Orange County okay, boy. Yeah. So did you ever like grow? Did you grow up playing in Orange County a little bit, or, or you moved right away? No, so I uh, I only lived in California for two years. So I was born there. My dad was uh, the announcer for the Ducks, um, and then I moved to Atlanta right after that. Uh, my dad ended up being the announcer for the Thrashers for quite a while. Wow, so while Danny Heatley was there? Yeah, Danny Heatley, Mark Clardy, the Kovalchuk, all those guys. So your dad was calling Danny Heatley's one-tees all the time? He was calling Danny Heatley's one-tees. Yeah, Mark Savard, Marion Hosa. I mean, they wow. had some really good players come through there. Um, but yeah, so I grew up playing there. I played for TPH, uh, TPH Thunder, which I'm pretty sure you probably know what that is growing up. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah, I played there, and then uh, Thrashers folded. Their franchise moved to Winnipeg, and my dad got offered a job uh, in Detroit to commentate for the Wings, so our family moved there when I was in eighth grade, and then played for Hunter Bay for three years, so. Not a bad, were you, like, just dominating when you were in uh, TPH? I don't really even remember playing against you when you were on TPH, I don't think, but were you dominating then? Because... It's one thing, like, to move to Detroit and just, like, find a team. But, like, you moved to Detroit and, like, got got right onto the best team in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, it was it was different, like, when I was in down south. Because, I mean, you kind of know how it is. Like, when you grow up in, you know, like a non-traditional hockey market in the south, you kind of have to travel all over the place to find good competition, good tournaments. Right. So, you know, when we would play, like, the Charlotte Checkers, yeah, I'd probably stand out but when we go to like St. Louis or when we go to you know Nike Bauer and we're playing you know Honey Bake both higher in those teams yeah I probably I definitely wasn't dominated in those games but I, I think I think honestly like growing up playing in Atlanta being like one of the better players growing up there it, it really helped me like you know move, when, I, when I moved to Detroit I felt like I had confidence and stuff and I felt like I was still a better player I was kind of naive to how much good competition was out there and then, you know, I moved to Detroit and realized how many good hockey players there are. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think I was definitely one of the better players when I was in Atlanta anyway, in that Southeast region for a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And then, and then you probably had to, like, because you evolved into one of the better players on that team. I remember, like, you were fucking unbelievable there for them. And so do you think, like, when you got there, there was a bit of an adjustment period of, like, getting used to that higher level, but then once you... I don't know, like, what was it that, that caused you to become, like, even a top guy in the top leagues with the top players? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, I think, well, honestly, dude, when I when I made Honey Bake, I actually, I played my first year there, my U14 year as a forward. I played in a line with Max Jones and Keenan Southers. Not a bad line. Um, yeah, so the three of us played, played in a line together, which was actually good, but I, I didn't play forward, you know, since, like, you know, might or squirt. So I was like kind of upset um, that I wasn't playing D, but there was, I just thought I wasn't good enough to play D on that team. We had a bunch of good defensemen at the time, and I just wasn't going to make it as a D, and I wanted to play in the best team. So I was like, yeah, I'll play forward. So yeah, I played forward for the first year, and I definitely had to adjust. Like, you know, I 
I had never played against that that good a competition that consistently. Um, and now you don't even know what I, you're doing out there in the D zone. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, I had to learn a new position. So there was definitely an adjustment period when I moved to Detroit. But you know, looking back on it, um, it was a, it was definitely the best thing for me because you know I was constantly competing against all the best players in our age group and practice day in day out, and then. Um, you know, just the exposure I got playing on that team, I felt like I was, you know, able to transition to the defense the next two years. And, uh, yeah, I was kind of able to prove myself uh, that I belonged at that level of defense too. You think playing forward maybe, like, added some perspective, like, for not when you switched back to your defensive game? Yeah, I actually, I even mentioned that. I remember talking to, uh, like, our exit meetings at the end of the year, my U14 year, and just saying, like, I'm looking back on it, like, I was kind of, you know, kind of upset at the beginning of the year that I had to play forward, but um, that's exactly what I said. I think, you know, learning how to play the game on both sides of the puck, um, you know, added some perspective and probably, you know, helped like puck handling and stuff like that. Um, and just kind of helped my comfortability in certain areas of the ice that I probably, you know, wouldn't have gotten otherwise. So it was definitely a good thing for me uh, moving on, especially in minor hockey when, you know, you want to have the puck in your stick as much as you can. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. I think that that probably helped you out in the long run, honestly. Like, it's always good to gain a uh, different perspective. Like, also, if you think like a forward, I think you could probably defend against a forward because you can kind of get in his mind maybe a little more. I don't know. It's, uh, I, I don't know. That's, that's yeah, how I, I think. But, yeah. Um, you, you have a very unique career. Like, you're one of the very few guys that played in the USHL, NCAA, and the, uh, well, Major Junior, the CHL, the OHL, more specifically for you. Um, can you talk about your path? Because it seems like to me, like, maybe you moved, when you moved to Michigan, you really, like, adopted that, like, Michigan lifestyle. Like, I've thought you were from Michigan this whole entire time, if I'm being honest. So, yeah. I feel like you really, yeah. like, adopted that. Like, you played in the USHL, but for Muskegon. So, you stayed in Michigan, and then uh, you committed to Michigan State. So, I obviously, continued in Michigan. So, can you talk about, like, that route and then, um, you know, go, committing to Michigan State, going to Michigan State, and then, um, you know, I don't know, just talk about your whole experience. It's very unique. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It definitely is unique. Um, you know, it definitely hasn't been a straight line uh, to where I am now. But, no, I uh, – when I was 16, uh, I wanted to make – my goal was to make the U.S. program NC. And I went to, you know, 40 camp and stuff, and I ended up not making it. So I was looking at um, going to USHL teams. I tended with Muskegon, um, and we had a really good team that first year. Uh, so I learned a ton. I didn't really play a ton, but I learned a lot. Um, learned about the league, kind of learned what junior hockey was like. We actually made it to the finals that year. We lost to Sioux City, um, or Sioux Falls, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, I was I was, I was with Sioux Falls, but I, I didn't play a single yeah, game. Yeah, you're you play, did you play in the finals? No, at all. I didn't play a game of playoffs. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, dude, I just remember going to that building. It was absolutely packed. Nuts. I don't know if it was... I, I think I met up with you in one of the games in our suits. I don't really remember if it yeah. was you, but I think we did. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But, but yeah, that was bananas. That, that's like wild. It was buzzing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then from there, you know, my second year, uh, I got to play a little bit more... Uh, you know, it took on a bigger role in the team, learned and stuff. And then Michigan State hadn't really had, um, hadn't really had like the best uh, stretch of hockey leading up to when I when I was going in. And right. yeah, I came super young. I committed there when I was like 15, 14, 15. Um, 
so I had been committed for a long time. They wanted me to come in for a long time. And so I, I was able to go on right as a true freshman. And, you know, kind of looking back on it, I probably wasn't quite ready to, to make that step yet, make that jump to, you know, play in the Big Ten and, um, you know, play college hockey against, you know, bigger, stronger, older guys. Uh, but I did because, you know, they, they needed defense and they wanted me to come in. So I went in and, you know, we just we kind of struggled our freshman year. Um, and like I said, I, I think had I taken another year of junior in the USHL, um, it probably would have helped my development. I would have been, been able to be more of an impact player every night when I was in college. But, um, you know, then we, uh, we got a coaching change in Michigan State um, after my freshman year. And, you know, I just didn't really see, like, the trajectory of my career going the way that, you know, I, I wanted it to. And, you know, my goal was always to play in the NHL and play pro hockey. And I, I felt I stayed there. I, you know, things were kind of getting stagnant for me. I, I kind of wasn't really advancing in the way that I thought I, I could elsewhere. And I was drafted to Sarnia um, in the OHL. 11th rounder. Really 11th rounder, yeah, I was a late pick. But uh, I never even really thought about it as an option because I always – had that plan to go to Michigan State and go to college, but they had a really good team um, my sophomore year, and they kind of called and were like, hey, like, we kind of noticed like your situation, and um, you know, we have, we have a spot for you. We're going to go on a playoff run. If you want to come, like, figure it out. And I kind of just rolled the dice. I only had a year and a half of junior eligibility left, but I was like, I'm going to kind of bet on myself. I'm all in. So I think it's, uh, yeah, with, with the right opportunity, I think you can make something of it. And uh, Yeah, man, I went to Sarnia, and uh, we ended up losing the second round that year in playoffs, but then you know went back from overage year and had a pretty good year and really good. Kind of pro deal, so yeah, so it worked out. So, yeah, yeah hey. exactly. Things ended up working out. Mitch, man, that's uh, I love your whole insight. I love everything you said. There's a lot of gems in there, um, but. My, I love that you brought that up about maybe you jumped in too early. You went into Michigan State as a true freshman. Um, we talk about that a lot on this podcast. I don't know if you know this, but I actually like started the Buzz Pod because um, I felt like when I committed NCAA, I didn't know anything about NCAA, and when I when I went major junior, I didn't know anything about major junior. So we're just kind of these right. young kids that like we just believe all the hype about all these leagues. And all these places that we just eat it up like a buf- like a buffet, and uh, we don't really read into it or or listen from people that experience it. So you're an unbelievable guest for this podcast for that reason because you have a taste of of both. You know what I mean, major, junior, and NCAA. And for example, like you jumping in too early. I talk about that a lot. I've actually been like skating with a U16 team down here just to get ice. And um, Pete Worrell has a team down here. I don't know if you know who that is, but big NHL fighter back in the day for the Panthers. But so, so he has a team here and like, I always like a lot of these kids now, like they're getting, they're in season still, but they're always asking me like, Oh, like what's a good prep school I should go to? Or like, what, where should I go to next? Should I go triple a, like, should I go out of state? Blah, blah, blah. Like, what should I do? Right. And I'm always like, honestly, boys, if there's one thing I can tell my young self is don't move on to the following league until you're dominating the league that you're in dominating in terms of like what's domination for you you know what i mean like not dominating the score sheet in any sense in every situation but dominating in terms of playing the way you want to play playing the amount you want to play doing what you want to do on the ice when you're comfortable then then you can like move on 
But for me, like I see a lot of guys make the mistake of jumping into the best leagues too early because they want to be on the best teams or they want to post on Instagram with the best or they just want to feed their ego and be on the best team. You know what I mean? Like we're young kids. I I wanted to play in the USHL at 16, even if I was going to get scratched most games instead of playing U16 AAA and playing way more. You know what I mean? I wanted to play major junior at 17 instead of staying. Like there's just a lot of things. And looking back, it's like, a lot of it is because we're kids and it's like a big ego thing that we just want to get there because you see your buddies moving on. But like you said, man, like your career hasn't been a straight line. But I've, I've, I've had 65 epis now, dude. Nobody's got a straight line career. You know what I mean? Like it's just it just doesn't really happen. So I, I love like you tried something. You had your, your sight set on NCAA and then like. You know what? It got, wasn't going the way. You rolled the dice. Dude, 55 points in 66 games as a defenseman in the Ontario Hockey League is banana. So it ended up really working out for you. And I, I actually want to just like get into the leagues. Like for you, like what was the biggest difference between um, NCAA and Major Junior? Yeah, well, I think that's, that's really good insight just to touch on what you just talked about. Like, um, I, I definitely fell victim to all those things. You know, you, you're 16, you see everybody else around you moving on, you want to advance, and it's kind of just human nature. You know what I mean? That's kind of just yep. how you are as athletes. Competitive. Yeah, We're athletes. It's it's in us to be competitive. 100%, yeah. So, you know, as soon as you're given an opportunity to advance, like, you feel kind of like a dummy to be like, no, like, I think I got to stay back and, um, and you know, continue to dominate at this before I'm ready to move on. But, you know, that kind of comes down to the type of guidance you have and, um, you got to have, you know, some real humility in order to like kind of turn down an opportunity to the next level to stay at the level that you're at um, to kind of hone your skill. But yeah, in hindsight, I wish I would have taken a little bit more time throughout my career. Um, but yeah, no man, just getting to the OHL, I, I, I really enjoyed the hockey there. Like I, I really like you kind of said, I had no idea what the league was like. Um, really had no idea what it was about. But when I joined halfway through uh, my first year that I left school. We had a great team. Like we had, we had a bunch of really good players, um, but just like playing in the rinks, like you know, Kitchener, London, like some of the places that we were playing, it was just so fun. Packed buildings, uh, super competitive. But I found that the style of play was like much more centered around you know possession and much less centered around structure. And that to me, the biggest difference that I found between college and and major junior is that in college you find. I think, like, with the shortened season, it seems to be in college, like, 36 games you play, the onus is much more on winning. And, you know, whereas you play major junior, you, know, you play 68 games, it's kind of more of a pro schedule, so you're not going to win every night. And so you kind of see a lot of more teams, like, just kind of adopt, like, a skill development, um, you know, puck possession uh, type of game. And um, I, I thought it was a lot a lot more fun to play in, but I'm biased because I went there and, you know, my career advanced. But yes, yeah. I love fun playing there. Um, but, you know, everybody's different, right? Like, had I taken more time in junior and then gone to college, like, I might, you know, I might have been the biggest advocate for college. So, it's tough to say, but, um, no, I, I think both, honestly, I think both paths are great. Uh, for me, it, it just happened to work out with major junior. So, you know, I'm kind of yeah. biased, but I love it. I, I find that really interesting what you said. That's so true. I actually never noticed um, that the that is a huge difference in the, the actual game. The style of play is very different in terms of... And I think NCAA has more structure 
and this might be a bad guess, but because coaches just have so much time to put so many plays together and just like practice so many like I just feel like I've been watching a lot of NCAA hockey and, and I see that. And I see that and I talk to my buddies in NCAA hockey and like and I'll be watching a play. They send me those, uh, you know, those things where I don't know if you know this, but you well, yeah, you played NCAA where they can send you they send you just your shifts. I found that to be so cool. They send you like just your shifts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they send it to you like after every game. So some of my buddies send them to me and like I'll, I'll ask them about about this and like, oh, he didn't. Oh, this guy didn't go there. That should that was a set play. Where like in 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 right. like the queue, you never heard that stuff, you know. Like there was set plays, right. maybe off one draw for one PP or something. Right. But for the most part, right. it was just like you're playing hockey. Yeah, more that, of a free that, game. Really, yeah, well, that's a really good way to put it. Like I found a major junior was just more about playing hockey, like kind of just trusting your instincts as hockey players. Um, and then yeah, and then in college, I mean. You have all week to practice and prep for your opponent that weekend. So, you know, you start preparing on Monday, Tuesday for who you're playing on Friday and Saturday. And, you know, I remember the pre-scouts. We would do, like, two separate days of pre-scouts going over our opposing team system, going over, like, you know, what type of forecheck we're going to use. You know, we have pre-scout goaltending, which, you know, is all great. but it It's a lot. Where it's so, yeah, it's a lot, and it gets to the point where it's so structured that, you're kind of taking that read and react side of hockey. You know, you're putting the onus more on the structure as opposed to like just that playing hockey mentality. If that makes sense. You yeah. Know what I mean? No, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And I always found a lot of information can cause guys to overthink. Sometimes guys just play better when they just play their game. You know what I mean? And, and not have 100%. so much information coming at them um, about everything, little details, you know, like maybe, maybe, yeah, one goalie's worse at, at, at blocker side, but like, then the guy like overthinks it goes blocker side every time and like he had glove you know what i mean some some stuff like that right, yeah. so yeah at the end of the day like you, know, you want you want your players to rely on their you know their ability and their instinct to make plays so you know i, I found that i i kind of refound that when i went to major junior and i kind of got out of my own head a bit more and was able to just play freely and um kind of refound you know my a lot of my love for the game and yeah, just kind of, you know, why, why I started playing in the first place. I just love to compete, love to play, and that's kind of what I found in, in Major Junior, so it was great. Yeah, no, hey, and I actually want to just kind of bring this up. Do you, uh, like, do you know how fortunate you were to be able to, like, go into uh, Major Junior that late and be able to stay as a 20-bomb? I didn't know about the 20-bomb rule when I signed in the yeah. queue. I had no idea. Yeah, you can't play. Uh, you can't. Your your rookie year, major junior, can't be an overage year. So you kind of had to go then that year, the set the second half of that year, right? Yeah. So actually, the way it broke down was, I had until I think I was talking to Sarnia, um, or they reached out to my agent, and it was it, like the opportunity was there, and the trade deadline, or the not the trade deadline, but the deadline to add. So the roster deadline, that's what it was. Yeah. The roster deadline ad players was that Saturday. So cool. I left on like I left school on like a Wednesday and the, the the deadline was that Saturday. So I literally had like it was right in the nick of time, it was like four days or else I would have you know, I would have yeah. stayed in Michigan State or that shocked the world. That shocked the world. I remember that day when you like posted your first yeah. Insta pic with the Sarnio stuff. I was like, What? It was just at Michigan State. 
That shocked yeah. the world. Shocked yeah. me, at least. Yeah, I remember getting texts from buddies and stuff like, "Did you just leave and go to the OA show? What are you like? What's going on?" But <laughs> even my, you know, it was it was definitely a shocking decision. But I was just kind of at a point with myself and hockey where, you know, I kind of, I kind of knew where I wanted to go, and I felt like I knew how I could get there, and I felt like this gave me the best opportunity to do it. So, like I said, I kind of just, you know, I only had a year and a half to sign up, sign a pro deal, and. You went all in, dude. I look at that. I respect that so much because, like you said, it's it's betting on yourself. And you bet on yourself in a time where you had less confidence, which is even harder to do, right? Like, you, you probably, like you mentioned, you know, things weren't going the way you want them to go there. So I know that when things aren't going the way you want them to go, you lose confidence in your game, in yourself. As a hockey player, when you lose confidence in your game, you lose confidence in yourself. So to then bet on yourself in that moment, like double down, dude, I respect that a shit ton. That's like, that's, that's a very, uh, brave move. And, and like, I'm happy it ended up working out. You signed in the national hockey league two years after your draft as an undrafted guy. That's, uh, is that fucking good, man? That's unreal. Like that's unreal. Two years after your draft, you weren't taken. Um, you did go to a couple like NHL camps. I know you went to like Detroit. Um, fuck, I forgot the other one, but I know you went uh, Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so what was that like? Like after your draft year, like didn't get drafted. Obviously, your goal was to get drafted, but you, you do get right. a camp invite experience. So, like, what was that like? Yeah. So after uh, I actually after my draft year, um, I didn't go to a dev camp. It was uh, the year I after went to a dev camp. After yeah, uh, after my freshman year, I went to the Wings camp. Oh, God. It's been so then, long since our draft year, dude. I, 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 It feels like it was last year. No, I, it does feel like it's last year. It's like I look at some of the guys that are, you know, in our age group that, you know, turned pro at 18. They played, like, you know, almost 200 games in the NHL. It's crazy. Dude, Nico Heeshear is the captain of the New Jersey Devils. The guy's a 99. <laughs> the guy's a 99, bro. He's a year younger I than know, us. Dude, it's, <laughs> I, it's like just yesterday I felt like I was – you know, playing AAA and the NHL seemed like a far-fetched dream still. You know what I mean? There's just there's guys that are two or three years younger than us playing in the league now. It's crazy. Um, but, yeah, no, I the dev camps were cool. Like, that first experience going to NHL dev camp wearing, you know, an NHL jersey was really sweet. Um, and then the next year, I went to Carolina's development camp, and then I went to a rookie tournament with them in Traverse City. So that was a little bit more of an experience. I got to play games against other teams' prospects and stuff in Traverse City. So that was and you got to do like that. A, you got to do that because you went major junior, right? Or, or no? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the college guys, I don't think, could stick around at that point. You had to have um, either been major junior or had turned pro to play in that, those uh, those tournaments. So that was that was like a pretty good indicator to see where I was at heading into my age out here in Sarnia. Um, and then you know, I kind of just took. I felt like when I left that camp, I, I felt like I had gained a ton of confidence. Um, you, you know, when you're playing against better players and a bunch of guys that aren't NHL deals, you kind of have to elevate your game to, you know, show that you can belong. And so I kind of just rode that rode that high into my, my age out year and um, kind of just never looked back. Yeah, that's uh, – that's yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, I was looking at the next question, bro. And, and you, you signed with Vancouver – and your first year, 27 games in the A and 7 in the Coast. 
Like, how yeah. is how is it getting sent down? I hear the up and downs there with the A and the coast. You haven't had it bad. You only got sent down once. Um, but like, how was it to be to be sent down and and going back on confidence? Like, and I know I'm all over the map right now because I have so much shit written down for this one, dude. And I want to just like get it all in. But I remember yeah. when I, I actually was looking through your Insta just now. When you signed, you said something at the end. It said, like, um, like never stop believing in yourself. Is that something yeah. that you got to constantly remind yourself, like, all the time? Because I know shit gets tough. And, like, like I said, like, getting sent down isn't, isn't always fun and stuff like that. So is that something that you try to, like, consciously stay aware of? Like, stay confident in myself, like, believe in myself? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, well, last year in Utica, we had we had a, a really old team, a really good team. Um, and so, I, you know, I was in our lineup all year. Like you said, I got sent down. Um, but, yeah, no, I think, like, I definitely had to check myself a couple times. It was like, you know, you started going, I started going through adversity here in the American League, and it was like, you know, like my career has been – you know, anything but a straight line up to this point. It's like, there, it would be ridiculous for me to think that it's going to be a straight line all of a sudden because I signed an NHL deal. Right. You know what I mean? So that, that was kind of something I had to, re, you know, realize when I got here is that, you know, it hasn't been easy at this point. Like, there's no reason why, it, you know, it's going to be easy moving forward. And that's just kind of the nature of pro sports and the nature of, you know, hockey. Like we talked about, it's constantly competitive. There's always new guys. So, no, I mean, I mean, I definitely have to remind myself, look myself in the mirror every once in a while and tell myself to calm down. Um, because yeah, like you said, it's not easy getting sent down. It's not easy getting scratched. It's not easy, you know, not being in situations you want to be in. But it, it's it's kind of just like learning those things, learning how to live with those things, and trusting know, continuing it. Continuing to make yeah, continuing to maintain confidence through all of that. That's kind of the process I'm going through right now, and um, you know, I feel a lot more comfortable this year. Um, but yeah, it's just building, and it's not it's not something that happens overnight. Um, but, you know, I'm just continuing to work on it, continuing to be cautious. I would be aware of it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely always reminding myself that, you know, it's not easy. You just maintain belief, maintain confidence, and uh, you kind of show up, go to work, go about your business. That's huge, man. That's huge. I always say confidence is huge. Like, you gain heart, you gain confidence through through your work, right? Like, you, you gain yeah. confidence through the work that you put in. So, like, even if things aren't going your way, if you continue to – like work and 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 gain confidence through your work and just believe in yourself like i think it'll always turn out like like it'll always go your way if you do those things you know what i mean like if you humble yourself like the ego can be so bad for a hockey career for any career but for a hockey career and uh it's a good thing like i think i learned that young and i think most guys learn that young which is a good thing about that but uh your dad darren elliott he played in the national hockey league actually took pucks off the head, was a goalie, and uh, and still yeah. works in the game. How big has he been, like, for your career, would you say? Huge, I'm guessing? Yeah, he, he, he's been the biggest influence by far, um, you know, on my hockey career, but definitely on my life in general. Um, you know, we're, we're really close friends, and um, kind of go to him for anything, but it's been great. Like, I, you know, like I said, I grew up in Atlanta, and so he was always around the rank, um, when he would go and watch morning skates, like he'd bring me with him. Uh, you know, I'd always just be hanging around the locker room. Oh, when he talked to, you know, coach players and stuff after, like I was able to go in and like, you know, mess around and get autographs on the guys and stuff. So 
yeah, I'm really fortunate that I grew up in hockey and I kind of got hooked early that way. Um, and it kind of gave me something to always chase, you know what I mean? Because I was able to see it, you know, so like up close and personal when I was young. I kind of always had that in the back of my head, like that lifestyle and, you know, what playing the NHL entailed and, you know, how, how glamorous and glorious it was. So, you yeah. hooked early, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fortunate to have, to that's, have a guy like that in my life. That's, that's exactly what I wanted to get into is like, because we were just talking about like you uh, believing in yourself, I always looked at you as like uh, you were kind of a step ahead uh, over guys our age in, in maturity. I don't know, like maybe it was because you had a beard at, at fifteen, but you were like really mature. You know what I mean? I, like I feel like yeah. you could tell that you've been around pros your whole life, kind of, because you you treated the game kind of as a pro, like a pro at a young age. I, like looking back, I remember that about you. And we were just talking about like believing in yourself and, and believing in yourself and your game is, is the mental game, right? That's called the mental game of, of, of life, but of hockey, like when we're talking about it. But so the mental game is huge. And your dad was a goalie in the National Hockey League. And I always say like, fuck, dude, I could never be a goalie just because of the mental shit that they must go through. You know what I mean? So has he helped you yeah. a lot with the mental side of the game, I'm guessing? Like, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how goalies do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I really don't know how my dad's like goalie either. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely helped me a lot with the mental side of the game. And I was a super competitive kid growing up and super hard on myself. Um, and I remember, like, playing for TPH, we, we would go to, like, Nike Bauer in Chicago and we'd get smoked, wouldn't want a game. And I'd you know, be so down, so frustrated. And I just remember my dad, like, talking me off the ledge like so many times but yeah like, he, he keeps me grounded he keeps me centered and um you know he's he's really you know he's really big on kind of like just taking emotions out of you know out of the equation um because that's usually when you make flawed decisions that's usually when um, you know you're not thinking clearly so you know he really he harped on that at a young age um and, you know kind of look at things more objectively and you know i've kind of i've taken that with me and that's that's helped a ton in hockey uh, because it's easy to get emotional in hockey and um, in life too. So, Absolutely. you know, he's been really helpful, uh, really, really beneficial in all facets. But you know, mentally, he's he's helped me a ton for sure. Yeah, I can I can ima- I can see that. I can imagine that. That's unreal to have a source like that um, right at the tip of your yeah, fingers. Um, but. Uh, Oh, I was going to say my, our good buddy, I was going to say my good buddy, our good buddy, Dante Paleco wants to know how many Hugo Boss suits you've purchased since signing. <laughs> okay, I got to ask, when did you text him that I was coming on the pod? I literally texted him right before we hopped on because I was looking through your Insta uh, and I saw, I was like, oh my God, I forgot they're boys and, and he's my boy. So yeah. I, I texted him. And he, he, he's been texting me. He said, uh, oh, this guy has the sickest style. Ask him about his, his – ask him where he gets his suits. I bet they're Hugo Boss. <laughs> yeah, so I Snapchat, I Snapchat at Dante uh, a couple of days ago. We had, like, our, our home opener in Utica. And we, uh, we wear track suits on the road, so our first, like, four games were on the road. So I hadn't worn a suit in, like, forever. So I was actually – so I, like, I love putting on – I love dressing up for games. I don't, yep. I don't know what it is. Like, I, I, love I love it too. too. Yeah, I feel like a lot of hockey players love it. But yeah, I got big into it like my 16 year old year because I just thought it was like super, you know, super cool to wear a suit. Probably like kind of the same thing. Everyone like, did. Seeing, we all did. Yeah, seeing those wearing suits at the 
you know, not with all the social media you see. The NHL guys did it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, my dad bought me two, two Hugo Boss suits before my 16 year old year. And then, you know, whenever I had enough money, like in college and stuff, I'd, I'd buy one or something. So yeah, when I signed, I, I, I definitely upped my suit game a little bit, but I Snapchatted Dante before our home opener. I Snapchat him like a picture of my suit and he was like, come on, like that's sick. That's from Hugo and I Snapchat him a picture of the logo. So <laughs> yeah, I, I probably bought like, I probably bought like three or four suits. Nothing crazy, but yeah, he I, said, that's hilarious. He said, he said, yeah, he taught me. He taught me. He put me on the Hugo boss. He also said, yeah. ask him about Mona Shore's high school. So that's, that's where you guys were at for two years together running the show. Yeah, man. We, Mona Shore's was, it was interesting. It's actually funny. Like I, I was just texting with Dante last week. Um, and one of our buddies from Mona Shore's reached out to him, like one of our French friends. So it was like really bizarre that he reached out, but Nobody believed Dante. Like the entire two years we were there, Dante was committed to Yale, obviously. Yeah. And nobody believed. You tell teachers that he's going to play hockey at Yale, and they're all like, "Like, no, you're not. Like, you're just making that up." So like, <laughs> nobody believed him that he was going to Yale. So this guy like reached out to Dante and was like, "Hey, like, did you end up going to Yale like randomly like four years later?" And Dante was like, "Yeah, dude. Like, what? You think I was lying the whole time?" <laughs> Like, it just didn't get it. So Dante would literally walk around high school and, like, tell people, like, when teachers would ask me where he's going to school, he's like, oh, I'm going to Yale. They would, like, laugh it off. Like, it wasn't really funny. <laughs> I always thought that was hilarious. That's, that is hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah, the kids yeah. committed to Yale. Like, I'm committed to Yale. Like, why won't it? Mom, nobody believes me. <laughs> like, well, you know Dante. Like, Dante is, like, such a big personality. And yeah, he's so, a beauty. Like, people probably thought he was just joking. Because it's just like a thing that Dante would do, but like no man, like he's he's a good hockey player and he's going to play hockey at Yale. Like it's real. Yeah, yeah. So that's funny. That's... One of our old buddies reached out and was like, "Did you actually go?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like yeah, dude, I'm about to graduate. Yeah, like exactly. I'm about to graduate from Yale with a degree in econ. So yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, do you find this okay? I find this to be the most accurate thing ever because I was I didn't play NCAA, but I was in the USHL locker room. And I was in the major junior locker room. NCAA guys are huge, like, kind of fanboys of major junior. Like, they think major junior is so sick. And major junior guys think NCAA is so sick. Like, I I feel like I already know the exact scenario when you walked into your locker room in Sarnia. The boys are like, dude, you played at Michigan State? That's so sick. Do you have any stories? Like, how are the broads? I bet the broads are sick. Like, just filling you with questions about Michigan State. Yes or no? Yeah, I, I actually completely agree with that um, because that's exactly what happened. Like, I, I showed up to Sarnia with my Michigan State, State bag and all my Michigan State gear, and all the boys were like, dude, like, can I get a shirt? Can I get a helmet? Like, can I get, all, like, can I get a stick? So, yeah, they were, they were obsessed with it. And even now, like, you know, playing, playing pro, there's guys from everywhere. And even still, like, all the major junior guys are just constantly, like, asking college guys questions about what it was like and, you know, like, the social life, like, what partying was like, what tailgates were like and stuff like that. So I feel like they miss, I feel like they miss out, major junior kids miss out, like, they're envious of the experience, like yeah. the college experience, what that offer. But, and I feel like, I feel like college kids are envious of, like, the hockey culture and, like, the hockey lifestyle of major junior and what that has to offer. So it's kind of yep. funny the way it works, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, it's exactly like that. I never understood it. Like when I went major junior, everyone starts talking about how sick NCAA is, and I'm like, oh fuck, boys! Like I actually could have could have could have gone there. Like, what are you guys saying? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And then, but like when you're with NCAA guys, you're like, yo, how's major junior? All this stuff. I also thought that I'd be a millionaire playing in the queue, but I only made eighty bucks a week. Fuck. Yeah, you don't really get paid that much. You get paid like it's, it's, it's you know, food and gas. Yeah, did you know about that, or are you, are you also thought you were gonna make a bit more money? Uh, I knew what the salary was. Like I knew, I knew what that was like. Ah, um, okay. You were more informed. Yeah, you know, like for, for me, like, I was, a, I was a little bit more informed when I, when I left at nineteen than it would have been when I left at sixteen to go or you know younger eighteen or whatever it was. Oh, you probably year. read your contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went over things. <laughs> Uh, I was leaving school for it, so I, I kind of crossed my feet out of my eyes a little bit more. Yeah. How speaking of school, how hard was school? Um, balancing school and hockey uh, was was difficult for me. Uh, some guys seem to do it really seamlessly, but um, you know, I, as ridiculous as this sounds, like I went to Michigan State. In my idea of going to school was I was going to school to play hockey. Like I really. And so for me to figure out what I wanted to study was like a real struggle because I never spent that much time thinking about school in my life, to be honest with you. It was like, you know how it is as a hockey player, you kind of just throw the blinders on at a young age and like all you know is ice hockey. But Mitch, so was, like, wasn't that kind of part of the buffet? Like, didn't we all kind of think that NCAA, they like did our homework for us? Like, I used to think that too. For some reason, I feel like the older guys lied to us. I used to think that when you went to NCAA, do you want to play hockey? Like, tutors did your stuff. <laughs> well, I was, I actually, at Michigan State, we got a ton of help. Like, we were given tutors. We, were, we had stuff scheduled, um, you know, help-wise for exams and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I completely agree. I wasn't, I don't think I ever believed that, like, people would do work for us. But I definitely believe that, like, you know, hockey players and athletes can kind of get away with more than a normal student at college when it came to academics. So I was definitely sorely mistaken when when it came when it came to school but i got through it i mean i was i wouldn't say i was a phenomenal student when i was there but um you know i never failed a course or anything you know i got i got through all my stuff but yeah i i didn't really i didn't really know what you know what it was like to balance college academics and college athletics at the same time and you know honestly hats off to everybody that does it because it's it's an underrated skill, and it's actually a lot harder than I think people give it credit for, you know, managing school and hockey in college. I agree 100%. I actually talked about this, like, two epis ago. I went to Concordia University last season. I yeah. mandatory nap after those three-hour classes. Like, mandatory oh, yeah. nap. Like, those things yeah, suck all the energy out of your body. I don't understand how kids were going from class straight to practice, like, or two classes straight to practice. No chance. I have no idea how they do it. Yeah, and like some, you know, some of the guys in my team that studied like engineering, and you know, guys studied actual really stuff, like, hard things. Like yeah, yeah, like very hard degrees. Uh, like I, I could never figure out how they, how they did it. But some guys are like some guys are just like I guess more structured. More Everyone's different. Everyone's built right. different. Yeah, I, I completely agree. But no, I, 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 again, another thing that I probably wasn't really ready for at eighteen was. It was to manage school and hockey and social college. You know, I just wasn't, I wasn't quite ready for it. So, you know, all that stuff accumulated to the point where, you know, I felt like I needed to make a change. But 
Nice. Uh, yeah, no, I, I absolutely. But it's all, it's all, it's all about, you know, like you said, bro, it's all about balance. Like, and that shit is hard to yeah. balance when you're there. It's hard to find a steady balance when you got to balance so many things. You know what I mean? Like you got to have balance and everything, but if you got too many things, it's going to be hard to find balance. I can, I completely agree. Yeah, too much anything isn't a good thing. Would you, uh, are you a superstitious guy or or no way? Uh, Honestly, I I used to be like, I used to be a slave to superstition. Like I used to really, really be superstitious to the point where it probably wasn't productive anymore. It was probably like you're not touching any lines on the ice. Yeah, yeah, like, I would just, just, like, OCD stuff, like... I hear you. Like, I, I couldn't even tell, like, I couldn't even, I, could, I couldn't even, like, come up with stuff that I used to do, but, like, that was, you know, back when I was in school on the USHL and stuff, but, no, nowadays, honestly, I really don't have any, um, you know, I'm, like, aware of the fact that I put on my right side stuff before my left side, like, just little stuff, but I, I honestly, like... I've, I've kind of changed my routine much more to like feel and like what I feel like might be you know, trying to listen to my body and listen to my mind in terms of what I need and how I'm feeling. Um, and I feel like that's just like a way more, you know, holistic approach to getting ready for games and getting ready for, for, you know, your day as opposed to just, you know, doing the same thing every day. Cause every day is different. You don't always feel the same. So I, I just kind of like taking the approach to listen to my body, listen to myself way more than I used to. Yeah, no, that's great. And would you say you carry that? You said you carry that into your game days? Like, you don't kind of have... Do you have, like, certain habits? Like, you wake up kind of at the same time. You like to get, like, a morning something in or a, a coffee place. You always go yeah. on game day, something like that. Is your game yeah, day routine I, I, similar? Yeah, like, I get up at the same time most days um, in general just because I feel like that's a good thing to do. But Early bird? Uh, uh, yeah, like, I like to get up, like, 7.30. Perfect. Love it. Yeah, I get up seven thirty, and I definitely like eat breakfast every day when I wake up. But when it comes to game days, like if I'm exhausted after morning skate, like I'll nap. If I'm not, I won't. Like I'll go for a walk. So I, I truly just like kind of listen to my body. Um, like I, you know, I tape like three sticks before I play, like that type of stuff. But in terms of like you know preparing and stuff, getting my mind right, like I, I just find like I, I'm much more at ease when I when I just listen to myself, listen to what my body needs. And does that carry into the locker room, or would you say once you get in the room, it's kind of like same stretch, same same order of tape sticks, yeah, stuff I, like that? Yeah, like in terms of like a stretching routine and stuff, I've done the same one for a couple of years now. Um, and I'm a big sewer guy. Like I'll play sewer for, you know, I want to get at least 20 minutes of sewer. NCAA sewer or major junior sewer? What's more competitive? Uh, major junior was more competitive. Oh, shit. Okay. I like that. Everyone, I'll tell you what, the best sewer games that we had, actually asked Dante, the best sewer was my first year in Muskegon. Our entire team played, and we had a mandatory team game, a sewer game for every game. <laughs> so, and we had like, we had, you know, you got like 20 guys in a sewer circle, and the first guy out, first guy out had to dance in the middle of the Yeah, we did that in Sioux Falls, too. Yeah. Yeah, so like the big time junior thing, but I always loved that. I always thought that was hilarious. Kept the light and loose before the game. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I love that stuff, dude. Uh, that's just like being with the boys. That's what it is. That's what the kind of what the yeah, game is about. Yeah, that's my sure. All right, this is uh, one of my one of my final questions here. But what what would you say is the biggest adjustment you had to make from major junior to pro, or like even college major junior to pro? 
to learn to hold on to the puck more. Um, I think I had a little bit, yeah, I had like the game is, I don't know if it's slower in major junior, but like I said, I think it's more centered around puck possession and yeah. centered around structure. You know, in times in college where I feel like, you know, I'll just get this off the glass and out, like maybe major junior I'd peel back and, you know, wait for a line change or, you know, go into a set breakout or, you know, hold on to the puck more. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, moving from major junior to pro, um, it was kind of more about making decisions with the pucks faster, moving pucks quicker, getting back to pucks faster. Um, and that's kind of what I'm working on now. You know, I'm still trying to find, like, you know, consistent time in the lineup, and um, that's kind of, like, the biggest thing for me is just moving pucks quicker, um, you know, taking my time with things, you know, closing on gaps and stuff like that. The game's just faster, right? Exactly. So, Same game, faster game, though. Yeah, I'm just getting used to the speed still a little bit, still adjusting, but... Um, that's the biggest thing is the speed for sure. Love that man, love that, and and already got a little quick apple this season. I like to see that. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah, I got one. Hey, this is crazy. Actually, I never seen this. Your your EP description at the end says can play long shifts. <laughs> they might as well put iron lungs. Like what? What is that? I can play long shifts too. The coach just never lets me. Yeah, I don't know. I was probably just some like some guy telling me play when I was fourteen or something. There's nothing about me, but. And you were playing long shifts, eh? I was probably playing long shifts. <laughs> I don't know what anymore. Oh, I love those things. I love those uh, those write ups, man. Um, co- college story and OHL story. If you got if you got one of each that you can tell, that would be fantastic. And if not, it's all good. Too. Okay, I, I was thinking hard about these. Um, college. I, probably tough just because I, I don't know how much I want to air out but yeah like really. I point to a specific thing um I remember like a, a good memory was I remember my freshman year we we played Princeton on a Thursday and then we didn't play the rest of the weekend and Michigan Michigan State football was playing and it was at Michigan State wow so Friday we had off and it was just like that was like my first big like college tailgate experience. Those are the things yeah, that you miss when you're playing major junior. Those the, like the football games, Big Ten. That's all you, bro. That's so sick. Yeah, like so I was, I was just kind of like you know wide eyed kid. Like I was like, oh my god, you know, there's we're walking up and down streets of East Lansing, and there's you know parties going on in every front yard. You walk by the frat, there's like groups of 250 kids with music blaring, just like no rules. It was like I was like. Like what's going on? Like it was just crazy. Like, <laughs> like what so is going on game. here? Am I getting pranked? Yeah, so that was like my that was like my first like real real college experience that I thought was awesome. Um, and then I, we had a we had a ten person freshman class or a ten person class my freshman year. So we we had a bunch of dudes that like kind of went in together and so that made it a ton of fun. Um, and so I like just hanging out with those guys in the dorms my freshman year. That was a riot. We all lived on the same floor. We had, we had a good time together. Can only um, imagine. And then Major Junior, um, I actually lived with uh, Drake Rimshaw. Uh, oh my you know God! I should have texted him before the pod, man. <laughs> what a beauty! Yeah, so, yeah, he's an awesome guy. Yeah, so he's like we're like best friends now. I, you know, I stayed with him the last couple summers and stuff. I'm at his house actually in, in Detroit. We play a ton of golf together. We work out together and stuff. But so I live with him. And then just down the street, um, you know who Michael Pizzetta is? He's not 98. Michael Pizzetta, yeah, Montreal draft pick, yeah. I think. Yeah, exactly. Didn't he yeah, play in the GTHL? 
For, yeah, I think he played for the junior so. Yeah, yeah, I played against him. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, so, yeah, so he lived just down the street. Um, and then Jonathan Ang, another 98, lived just around Holy the corner. Holy smokes, so, pretty elite yeah, squad so there. The four, yeah, so the four of us would hang out quite a bit. Um, and I remember right before playoffs, we were, like, making the decision as a team. We're like, are we going to dye our hair? Are we not going to dye our hair? Because that's, like, a big junior thing, like, dyeing yeah. your hair for playoffs. Yep. Um, and so a lot of the boys were on board, and, like, some of the older guys, like, weren't on board, and Anger was, like, one of the guys that was just, like, I don't want to do this. Like, I just don't. Like, I'm just not in. <laughs> and they ended up, like, going to a vote. We voted. We're all going to do it. So after practice, we had, like, a hairdresser come over to my billet house, and my billet ended up, like, they knew a hairdresser or something. So some of the boys came over to get their hair dyed. I go, like, get my hair dyed, whatever. It's hilarious. Great goes, Pez goes. Like, we're all sitting around with long hair. And now, like, it's Anger's turn to go. And he's got, like, really, really dark, like, jet black hair. Yeah. So he, he had to apply, like, a ton of product in order to get it to turn from, like, black to blonde. And the first time he put the coat on, it just turned orange. Like, his hair was literally orange. So they had to keep applying, they had to keep applying the dye. And it, like, burned his scalp. Yeah, so yeah, that like, happens. Yeah, and he was, like, running around my building house, like, panicking, freaking out. He, like, locked himself in a bathroom. He's, like, dude, my, like, scalp's on fire. Like <laughs> Upper body injury, I'm out <laughs> for playoffs. <laughs> Ever. Uh, but, no, man, it was just, like, I thought that was a good one. Just, like, you know, little stuff like that that you remember now. It's just, like, such a meaningless thing at the time. Like, you're dying your hair and you make a fit about it. But looking back on it, it's, like, Oh. You know, those are the fun memories, guys, that remember, you know. That's junior hockey, dude. That's literally junior yeah, hockey. Exactly. Unreal, dude. And, oh, my God. I really appreciate you coming on, bro. This was unbelievable. I'm going to have to get you back on because I have so much stuff written down. I'm sure I missed some things. But, like I said earlier, I started this pod to, like, inform younger guys about um, both the leagues that you played in. So, you couldn't have been a better guest and. And you owed me that for stealing that national championship ring off my finger. So, uh, yeah. cheers, bro. Yeah, I really did. appreciate it. You're the, you're the man. That was a great epi. Yeah, dude. No, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, I'm a big fan of yours, too. You know, I follow you on social media and stuff. And, uh, you know, your workout videos and, you know, kind of your approach to life. And you're always learning and stuff and posting about it. So, no, man, I'm a fan of yours as well. Oh, dude, you're the man. That just made my day. Let's uh, let's keep in touch, bro. I'm going to have to get you back on for, uh, for a round two for sure. Yeah, for sure, bro.